Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Here you go. Here you go. It is Black Friday, and we are live on the Nothing Personal with David Sampson YouTube channel. Join us if you can. If it's past 8 o'clock Eastern, then you can't join us. But those of you who are here, ask some questions. We're going to get to them. I'm recovering from Thanksgiving, and I have a few problems that I had yesterday. And I spent the entire prep for the show where Coke and I will do a prep the night before, then we'll do a prep the morning of, and we'll be in touch during the day. I was consumed with whether or not the things that I experienced on Thanksgiving are normal. Because I have an obvious problem where I can't figure out, does everyone go through this? Is everyone thinking this? And often it's not the case. Sometimes it is the case. I had a very difficult time. We hosted about 16 people for Thanksgiving. And hosting is stressful for me because I have a very clean house and I don't like when people make the house dirty. So you have a couple rules. And the rules are before people come, I put things away that I don't want them to touch. So I have a blanket where I watch movies. I don't want people using that blanket, but they're welcome to use the theater. But I put the blanket away. I put the pillow that I lean on. I don't want people's hair on the pillow that I use. I put it away. Maybe normal, maybe not normal. A bunch of kids are in the house. It's very simple. No eating in the theater, no eating in the living room. Eat in the kitchen, over the sink or over a plate. Fine. I follow around some people, some kids with a vacuum cleaner. They're dropping crumbs. I want a vacuum. You step on a crumb, all of a sudden you're dragging that crumb all around the house. And it's not that I'm a Scrooge or a Grinch. It's that I just want people to be clean. Fine. Cooking a bunch of food, I, I don't cook, so I'll set the table. Well, I, I, I'll clean, I'm a cleaner, so I'll do the dishes and I'll do all the cleaning after the meal. I do cleaning during the course of the preparation. So if you leave a knife on the counter that you're using to spread butter on something, that knife's going in the dishwasher. Even if you're still using it, you leave a knife unattended. It's like leaving a child unattended, don't do it. Don't leave a piece of cutlery unattended, I'm gonna clean it. Pots and pans, if I see the foods out of the pan, cleaning it. But also, I went and bought some prepared food, like turkey. I mean, the whole thought of cooking a turkey for five hours and then carving it, what a mess, and it's not incrementally any better. So you get a turkey, it's totally fine. How do you estimate how much food to buy for the number of people who are coming? If anyone has an answer, I'll take it, because I went and picked up the food and I said, this is way too little, totally screwed. It's the anti how I grew up where you have to have extra food, tons of extra food. So I figured, all right, I got to double the order. And at the end of Thanksgiving, I had half the order left. 
And so basically what I did is I shoved a bunch of food in a bunch of containers and gave them to people on the way out. And the other rule is when it's time to leave Thanksgiving, I don't like stragglers. Do you ever have stragglers at the house? No, here's how Thanksgiving ends. You say, okay, time for everyone to leave. Now that may seem forward and harsh, but I feel like when I am at someone's house, I don't wanna overwelcome my stay and I wanna get home anyway. So I'm more than happy if the host would just say, okay, you can leave because then the person you're with, your partner, your significant other, your spouse, they say, oh, no one, you know, no one's left. You can't leave, but I wanna leave, but you can't be the first to leave. Here's how to solve that. Everyone leaves at once. So everyone left at once. Then it's cleaning time. Then it was time to watch Oppenheimer. A perfect end to a day, but my back hurt from dishes and my knees hurt. I was a disaster. I'm in looking and guess what? The remote control gone. The remote control is kept in a place where I watch movies and TV shows. There is a remote control holder. There was nothing in the remote control holder. So I figured, oh, it may be on the couch. No, it may be in the chair. No, it may be behind the cushion. No. What followed was 120 minutes of me deconstructing the room. I took all of the cushions and chairs out of the room. There are movie theater chairs. I extended them. I took a flashlight. I went spelunking under the chairs. I cut my knuckles. As a matter of fact, I don't know if you can see it on the air. I have cuts on my knuckles from putting my fingers behind cushions of chairs where there's some like mechanical parts that can make your hand bleed. No remote. Who takes a remote from Thanksgiving? Oh, it could have inadvertently been thrown away. What? What gets inadvertently thrown away when it's a remote control? So here I am with an inability to watch Oppenheimer, an inability to operate the TV. And my first thought is go on Amazon. I'm gonna go on Amazon and buy another Apple TV remote and maybe it'll be here by tomorrow. Wednesday, November 29th. That's of zero use to me. Fine, I'm calling the Apple TV people. How do you use Apple TV remote on your phone? No luck. Google, phone calls, people, no one's working Thanksgiving, nothing. Of course, I didn't let it ruin my night, but it totally did. Extra food, extra cleanup, and no remote. And I thought that maybe I was having a bad day. And of course, we're not playing the compare game because of course, I'm luckier than most. We had a full food of table surrounded by people who mostly are fine. And the question is, did anyone have a worse Thanksgiving in the sports world? I was so happy we were doing a show today because I wanted to do a show yesterday. I wanted to go right on the air and talk about Josh Harris, who is not exactly replacing Daniel Snyder as the go-to content guy, but this is good. Josh Harris, the guy who bought the commanders for six and a half billion dollars. Josh Harris, the guy who is so happy. Josh Harris, the guy who I told you to bet the Cowboys yesterday. And of course the Cowboys won 45 to 10. What's the name of the uh, Coca who I'm making work on Black Friday? Thank you, Coca. What's the name of the cornerback who set the record yesterday? with his fifth pick six, Daron, Daron Bland. 
it is pretty impressive. Darren, excuse me. Coca, why would you wrote why would you write Daron? All right, I can't hear you. So anyway, I'm watching the game and I'm watching it's one All right, here we go. Fine, Coca. We're live, you know. 4869. So I'm watching the Commanders get their asses kicked by the Cowboys. And at the end of the game, there was a pick six by Deron Bland. And he set the record. Never, ever has happened in the history of sports. And I love records. It's outstanding. Never five pick sixes by an individual player. And it's only been 11 games and he got his fifth pick six. And all I kept thinking while this game was happening, not that I was going to win the pick of the day and that everyone was going to be happy and my hot streak was going to be okay, even after Wednesday night's crappy Celtics game. However, I was thinking about Josh Harris. And I was thinking what it's like when you have a national game, when all the attention's on you, when you expected things to be different, when you had the biggest head start of any owner since Bruce Sherman, and the head start is wasted because your team stinks. Zero incremental improvement. On top of that, players are complaining. Morale's at an all-time low. Josh Harris has to be despondent beyond repair. So I'm thinking to myself, we predicted a wait to see that Ron Rivera will not be the coach of the Commanders next season. That's a give me. We're going to win that. Then Ron Rivera spoke. And then I realized that I may have miscalculated the speed at which Ron Rivera is no longer going to be the coach of the Commanders. So let me take you inside the head of an owner when your team is underperforming. You are speaking to your GM, your team president, and you are trying to have them give you a reason why not to make a change at halftime. In a game, in the fourth inning, why aren't we firing this guy right now? We have no energy, we have no talent, and we are getting embarrassed on national television. We are giving the country indigestion ourselves. Why can't I make the move now? And what the president probably says is, hey, Josh, do me a favor. We'll talk to Ron after the game. Let's see what he says during the post-game press conference. And this is them talking during the game. Let's see what he says. Because he's definitely going to be asked about the state of the team, about his performance, about his team, and he's going to be asked about his job security. So as president of the team, I'm calling my PR guy and I'm saying, let's not prep him on the question about job security. Because normally when you are aligned with your head coach, with your players, with your GM, you are giving them PR help. You're giving them phrases, words, bridges. A bridge is when you don't want to answer a question, but you answer the question they're not asking with the answer that you have prepped. Sometimes you leave people out to dry, like a blanket that you're trying to wash that can never be washed in a laundry machine. You are leaving it to dry like you're leaving people, let them fend for themselves. Like the Serengeti. So Ron Rivera takes the podium 
and he's asked the question that you would expect to be asked after a 45 to 10 thrashing on Thanksgiving Day. Hey, are you worried about your job security? Answer, no, I'm not worried about anything. I'm just gonna do my job. Here's a little news alert, Ron. You ought to be worried about a lot of things. If you wanna say you're not worried about your job, that's great. But don't say you're not worried about anything. You wanna throw in world peace, you wanna throw in the, the war in Israel, you wanna throw in starvation in Africa, you wanna throw in homelessness in the United States, throw in something. How about throwing in your lack of defense, lack of offense, lack of special teams, lack of progress, and the fact that you're 26, 35, and one in your fourth season? How about if you're worried about that? But you certainly can't say you're worried about nothing. All right, let me try another question, see if you're prepped for it. Hey, Ron. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't get it out. Okay, here it goes. Hey, Ron. Tell me about changes, anything about changes. Do you feel like changes need to be made? It's a very good question that even members of the non-media can ask when your team has lost 45 to 10 and it's a wasted season and nothing's happening under your new owner, Josh Harris. Any thoughts on changes? Here's how you prep a coach to say that. Well, I am the final person responsible for the performance of the team. You've heard coaches say this all the time. I take full responsibility. That's what they say, even though privately they don't. There has to be change and change starts with me. We're gonna get out there and I'm not taking Black Friday off. I'm gonna be at work and we're gonna be getting ready for blank. Blank meaning your next game, your next pitcher, your next game if you're in the NBA, the next week when you play your football game next. That's my job. No days off, no moments off. Here's what you don't say when you're asked about it, change, when your team stinks, I'm not gonna answer that question. Okay, for those of you who ever meet the media, there is a really good way to not answer the question that someone asks you. It's the aforementioned bridge. Go into something else, but you don't ever say, Hey, I'm not answering that question. Hey, I'm not worried about anything. Because then the media and then your fan base and then your owner look at you like you have three heads. Ron Rivera, you're finished. I feel badly. I don't feel that badly. He had four seasons. Josh Harris is gonna have to figure something out and he will because Josh Harris still has a chance. He still has a chance. Here's who doesn't have a chance. Jim Ursay, owner of the Baltimore Colts. Hi, my name's David Sampson. Jim Ursay, the owner of the Indianapolis Colts. We've used him a few different ways. Roger Goodell has used him as a mouthpiece. We've gotten some pretty good content out of him. I'm thankful. Did you get a bunch, side note, how many texts did you get or send about people you're thankful to or people you're grateful to or people who are thankful to you? Do you keep track like on your birthday? 
where you don't make any outgoing texts on your birthday and you keep track of incoming. So when someone asks you at the end of the day, hey, who are you most surprised to hear from? Hey, who didn't you hear from who you would have liked to have heard from? I always feel guilty like on Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. Do I keep a list? Who knows me well enough? Who do I want to contact? Hey, Happy New Year. I'm not a big Happy Thanksgiving guy. I don't like the food. I can't taste the food. I lost the remote control. I didn't lose the remote control. A bunch of kids did. I'd like to have no kids allowed in the house. I think if you're under two, it's sort of like an R-rated movie. I think if you're under two years old, you have to be watched full time by your parents and can have no free reign anywhere because you're just gonna lose stuff and spill stuff. And yeah, I'm not being mean, just being pragmatic. So Jim Ursay is, uh, he's got some issues and I have spent plenty of time talking about addiction on this show. Addiction's bad, there's no positives to it. It is very hard to break. Uh, the Sackler family is responsible for a lot of the issues that we have in our country. Uh, greed is responsible for the rest, and this is not me being left-wing at all. Uh, the greed of, of drug dealers, pharmaceutical companies, and uh, legal and illegal drug dealers. I guess when you've got a market, you tap that market, you take advantage of that market, but if I'm buying stuff on the street, why can't I be guaranteed that I'm buying the crap on the street that the drug dealer may have stolen or the, the junkie may have stolen? Why do I have to worry about fentanyl and the fact that I could croak by taking a pill? But addiction, very, very bad. And Jim Mersey acknowledges and has acknowledged his addiction issues. And there was a segment on Stephen A. Smith's show. Stephen A. Smith does a show on ESPN called First Take. Stephen A. Smith loves giving you his opinion on everything. He loves talking about every subject, whether he knows about it or not. There's a bunch of people who have national shows who do that, who feel as though they've got to give you the hottest take and they've got to make it so it's controversial enough to get the clicks to justify the salary. And believe me, I get it. I dig it. I don't do that on nothing personal. If I don't have an opinion on something, I'm not going to talk about it. So Stephen A. Smith and his group of first takers were talking about Jim Irsay. And Jim Irsay maybe may have been drunk, he may have been stoned, and I hope that he was one of the two. Because I am the grammar police. I find people who are too lazy to be grammatically correct bothersome. I find that there are certain things that people try to dismiss as typos, which are not actually typos. When you put Y-O-U-R in a sentence where it's supposed to be Y-O-U apostrophe R-E, that's not a typo. A typo is R-E-C-I-E-P-T or A-P-P-R-O-P-P-R-I-A-T-E. That's a spelling mistake. Maybe that's a typo. While you are, while you apostrophe re is not. That's ignorance. It's very easy to learn. If you're saying you are, you're. First take, you're gonna get your ass sued. Y-O-U-R. Why is he suing first take? What did they say? Because they were talking about 
an arrest that happened in 2014, wondering whether or not it's possible that there were drinks, drugs. You're gonna get your ass sued because there was no alcohol, no drugs. He sent this tweet about money. But then the number one thing that he said that is going to and has crushed him. He gives an interview on Real Sports with Brian Gumbel, which is now canceled. And he's talking to Andrea Kramer, who some of you may know, a disciple of Leslie Visser, who is the godmother of all of female sports journalists and sideline reporters. Never made up one thing in her life. I am prejudiced against because I'm a rich white billionaire. Wait for it. Andrea Kramer, being the professional that she is, said, Jim, I want to tell you how that sounds. Do you want to restate your thought? Absolutely not. I am prejudiced against, again, he said, because I'm a rich white billionaire. Roger Goodell is looking at that video. The other owners are looking at the video saying, oh my God, there's so much squeeze and so little juice. Roger Goodell is looking at that video wondering, I can't Sterling him, I can't even Snyder him. I don't know what to do about him, but can't we get rid of an owner for just being clueless? Well, no, then we'd have very few owners in the game, so we can't do that. What do we do? Do we do sensitivity training? Yeah, owners don't do that. We can do that for employees, but we never ask owners to do it. Owners are not asked to do anything, by the way. Neither are team presidents. I went through our HR training because I wanted our staff and our employees to know that anything they would go through, I would go through. Anything they had to do, I was willing to do. Our owner didn't do any of that because owners don't do that. They're, they're above it. They don't want to be bothered with that. Jim Mersey needs some help. And the reason he needs help is that, first of all, he can sue anyone he wants. He's just going to waste money. It's like Brett Favre suing Shannon Sharp. It's, it's absurd. It can't, you can't win. Secondly, this day and age where we understand the Grand Canyon divide between privilege and lack of privilege, where there is an acute conversation happening that even if you're Jim Ursay, you're aware of. What kind of people are so full of no self-awareness? That is a triple negative. I told you we have no prompters. A special Black Friday episode, davidsampsonpodcast.com. Black Friday, I'm wearing one of our shirts. If you watch this, you'll notice no blazer today because I'm wearing our polo shirt from davidsampsonpodcast.com. Four eight sixty nine. How can you be so lacking in self-awareness? Maybe definitionally, people who aren't self-aware, there's no way for them ever to become self-aware because when they say things or when they look in the mirror, they actually see something. People, someone told me once, I spoke to a psychologist, side note, Coca, about OJ Simpson. And a psychologist once told me that there is a pretty good chance that OJ Simpson thinks he did not murder his wife and her friend. Because when you lie to yourself enough, it becomes a truth. I've tried to test that theory and I've yet to get to the point where I've lied to myself enough 
that it became a truth. I mean, I'm, I'm, I keep track in my mind of things that I say. I don't know how you get there. Maybe Jim Irsay is in that same position where he looks in the mirror and he says, hey, you know what? I am a rich white billionaire and people are taking advantage of me. I find the whole thing to be absurd. Good luck. Hey, Coca, I got very depressed yesterday. Um, there's something that happened I must tell you about. There was the story of, and we're gonna talk about it right now, the story of the owner of the coach of the San Antonio Spurs, Greg Popovich. Greg Popovich took to the microphone during a game against the Clippers in San Antonio. San Antonio fans were booing Kawhi Leonard and Greg Popovich took the PA uh, microphone inside the arena and said, excuse me for a second, can we stop all the booing and let these guys play? Have a little class. That's not who we are. Knock off the booing. So the minute I saw that, I just blurted out Sam Weish. 75% of the people who I was with did not know who Sam Weish was. Of the 25% who knew who Sam Weish was, 0% knew what I was talking about. And Coca tells me I do this a lot where I tell a joke in my head or I think about something in my head and I don't let you in on it. And so I say something that's funny or I tweet something that I think is funny that no one else thinks is funny or no one else gets. So if I'm saying Sam Weish to this group live right now, I say Sam Weish, what do you think? Tell me, anybody, Sam Weish, nothing. Yes, the Bengals coach, thank you. The Cincinnati Bengals coach, that was that you, Coca? Were you just in my ear and nobody said it on the live chat? That's funny. Sam Weish was the coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. There was a game in Cincinnati between the Cleveland Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals. Go YouTube this, it's unbelievable. Sam Weish in like 1989 takes the microphone. There is no ability to do that in baseball because the PA announcer is up in a booth. So the manager can't comment on what's happening on the field or in the stands. He'd have to go through the dugout, to the elevator, up the elevator, and then into the in-game entertainment booth and then grab the microphone. In basketball, the PA announcer is courtside. Dos minutos, that guy. Maurice Cheeks, that guy. Anyone, Philadelphia 76ers? Okay, so Greg Popovich takes the microphone and he says what he says. In football, I didn't realize that there was a field side microphone. And I remember being 21 years old, watching this game, because I watched the game. I remember it clear as day. And I wasn't an Ohioan, but I love Cleveland and I love Cincinnati, had nothing against either. You've got Chile, you've got Rock and Roll Museum, you've got cold, it's great, no issues. I'm a Midwest guy, fine. Sam Weiss says something to the effect of, don't throw anything on the, field anymore. This is not Cleveland. Or maybe it's, you are not Cleveland. Whatever it was, it was the biggest F you to Cleveland I'd ever seen a head coach do. And I thought it was spectacular. 
He's yelling at his home fans to not throw things on the field. In. Sulling Cleveland at the same time. Love it. Greg Popovich. Don't love it. And I'm not saying that I don't respect Greg Popovich for what he's done as the coach of the San Antonio Spurs, Hall of Famer, first ballot, no question, multiple rings. He's gone through and made big guys great and gone through bad times, great times, etc. One of your inalienable rights, you've got the right to freedom of the religion, freedom of the press, freedom of speech. I mean... It takes something to give up your freedoms, but generally it's gonna be a crime and a bad crime. You can even by accident kill someone and then in 11 years be out in South Africa. All of this is possible. I never did believe Oscar Pistorius, by the way. Oscar Pistorius just got paroled today. He served 11 years for killing his girlfriend, thought she was an intruder. Good documentary about that. They reviewed on nothing personal, but there's one thing that is also included in my right, I get to boo. When I buy a ticket to a game, it's in writing on the back of the ticket, the rules. And there are certain rules. Don't go on the field. This ticket is final. We don't guarantee who's going to play. Nowhere in there does it say that you cannot boo. It says you cannot. Some of them say you cannot swear. Booing's not a swear. The reason why the Spurs fans were booing Kawhi Leonard is he used to play for the San Antonio Spurs. And I guess they just wanted to boo him. I would never tell my home fans not to boo someone on the other team. I would take the microphone or go section by section and encourage it, even if it is one of our ex-players. I want you to boo the opposing team at all times. Why was Popovich so incensed that his fans were booing Kawhi Leonard? Saying that's not who we are. What, because we're too nice? We don't boo. We're gentlemen and ladies and proper people. I found it offensive. And I don't find much Popovich does offensive. I find much of it irrelevant. And I understand how coaches can have opinions on certain things like team presidents or like people with microphones. They have opinions. It's your right to disagree or agree. I guess anyone with a platform has an opinion. Does that sound familiar? during all of the times when there was terrible racial injustices. Oh, you mean like yesterday? Yeah, we all have a platform. Whether you're at Thanksgiving dinner with just two people yourself or with 60,000 people, it doesn't matter, you have a platform. But not booing? It's absurd. So here we are on Black Friday doing a show when Levitar told me not to do a show. Don't make us look bad. I don't think we're doing a live show. Why are you doing a live show? What do you mean? I took yesterday off. I didn't even want to take yesterday off. I love doing these shows with you. Now you'll notice this has not been a totally normal episode. No word of the day, no review, no break. Do we need to take a break, Coca? I just realized. I'm happy to take a break if you want. I don't know why we would. YouTube puts breaks in when we don't even want the breaks to be in. Monetization, baby. All right, we're going to take a break. After the break, we're going to answer your questions live. Get on Nothing Personal with David Sampson YouTube channel. Although, if you're listening to this, then it's too late. You missed it. For all the people who are loyal and awake at 5 p.m. at 5, 4, 8, 69. Wipe it, Coca. 
For all the people who are awake at 5 a.m. on the West Coast, for all the people who are still awake at 2 a.m. trying to digest your Thanksgiving meal in Hawaii, for all the people in Europe where it's Friday afternoon, and for all of you on the East Coast where it's simply 8.31. After the break, let's answer some questions. We'll be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. Do you think YouTube will put the commercial in right then and there? Probably not. This is all done for audio because we are being so beautifully monetized by the people at Metalark. DavidSampsonPodcast.com. We have a Black Friday sale. I'm wearing a piece of merchandise right now. It's the Nothing Personal Diamond Logo Polo shirt. It's great to wear to work. We've got accessories. We have hoodies. We have short sleeve shirts, all sorts of stuff. And we have a special. You're gonna get 20% everything off in the store. But if you spend more than $100, you're gonna get 30% off. So go to the store right now, davidsampsonpodcast.com and happy shopping. It's Black Friday. Are you gonna watch the Dolphins Jets game? I'm gonna watch that game at three o'clock. I'm gonna wait to see Aaron Rodgers warm up. I wonder, he's been going to games. Do you think he'll go to this game as he gets ready to come back to practice by December 2nd, which by the way, is in only a, a week, a little over a week, be the first guy to come back from a Achilles tendon tear, which Stu God said may not have been a tear, maybe it was a tear. I saw that thing roll up like a shade. No, but he's different. He is using euthanasia, high, high, he is using ayahuasca to get better. Anyway, I'm gonna watch the game and I'm gonna use it to shop because it's gonna be this amazing interactive, get your Hanukkah shopping done, Christmas shopping done, done, Kwanzaa shopping done. And while watching the Amazon Prime game, you don't have to have Amazon Prime, you can stream it for free. There's gonna be QR codes and point and click. Lest anyone think that what we talked about on last week's Nothing Personal and what we've talked about with John Skipper, Jeff Bezos and Amazon could give a flying rat's pituitary gland about the NFL or about any other live sports. They're happy to buy it and buy the rights, but the purpose is to get you to buy stuff because that's where the money is. You need toothpaste, buy it. You need your Christmas gifts hot for children under 12, buy it. That's even a category. So I'll be watching the game. I'm gonna do a point and click on the QR code. Oh, wait a minute. I don't have a QR code. 
I don't have a uh, remote control, Coca. I guess that'll do it. All right, what's our first question? How am I going to get the questions, Coca? Is it going to come from you? Is it going to come from me? Do I go to the chat and take a look? All right, question one. Do you think the Oakview Group's failure in Las Vegas to secure stadium funding will affect NBA expansion into Vegas? Thank you. That's a very good question to ask from the live chat. Let me explain how expansion is going to work. Baseball may or may not get into Vegas, but Adam Silver has already made it clear that expansion in the NBA is happening. And he's doing it sort of like Rob Manford, which is, yeah, we haven't really gotten to it yet. We're gonna get to it. We're not sure when, we're not sure how, but we'd love to be international. And certainly a great candidate would be Seattle, which is such an F you to Seattle, which lost the Supersonics and now is gonna spend triple to get him back. You have Shaquille O'Neal and LeBron James doing their best A-Rod, Derek Jeter imitation, trying to figure out which of them is gonna get to Vegas because they both want a team in Vegas. No one cares whether or not it's gonna work in Vegas and whether or not Vegas can be a four sport professional city plus WNBA, so become really a five sport city. WNBA is a professional sport. They've got three professional sports teams. Although if you're gonna, you have to count the Las Vegas Aces, they're professional too, it's minor league. In order to bid for expansion, you need to show that you've got money for the fee and then money for operation of the team. In order to show that you've got the money, you don't have to have the money. You have to have an avenue to get the money. What will happen in Las Vegas when expansion in the NBA is announced is there will be several ownership groups that will show proof of capital that will have an arena plan, but guess what already exists in Las Vegas? That's right. It's called the T-Mobile Arena. There doesn't need to be another arena built for basketball. You just have them play where the Golden Knights play. If the Knicks and Rangers can share something, why can't the Vegas basketball team and the Vegas Knights share an arena? So I think the NBA will end up there. So failure to secure funding right now has nothing to do with NBA expansion. What else? What's the next one? Let me see. Here it is. What do you think? Oh, this is a huge topic. What do you think about the 25% buy into Manchester United? I wanted to do this whole thing. We have a wait to see about the Glazer family selling Man U and that it would be a price either above 6 billion or below 6 billion. I can't remember what we said, but it's an official wait to see where we tell you something's going to happen. What we're hearing is that now the Glazers are gonna stay in charge, but there's gonna be a minority stake that is gonna be sold at a valuation that's out of this world. But then we were told that this guy who's buying the minority piece gets to run the soccer operations, which goes against every principle of minority ownership. You can do a path to control the way probably it's gonna happen with the Dolphins and Steven Ross who announced that the Dolphins are gonna be sold or he's looking for a partner. It's the way David Blitzer, who's the co-owner of the Sixers with Josh Harris, David Blitzer, this great guy, 
bought into the Cleveland Guardians and has a path to control, meaning eventually James Dolan and not the Garden one, but they're in the same family, is going to sell the entire Guardians team to Blitzer or control of the Guardians team. You don't control a team in theory until you control the majority of the limited partner shares or you are voted to be the general partner of a partnership and to be a general partner most partnerships require that you own a majority stake sometimes limited partners will hire a general partner they'll give them a little piece or her or they a little piece of the lp equity at that tranche and then let them sort of run the operation. Like in commercial real estate deals, that's very common to have an operator. But in sports, it's unheard of. I believe that when you have a step transaction, which is the path to control, and you wanna give up some amount of on-field operations to start with, like a consultation, we won't fire the manager before talking to you. I'm good with that. We won't sign a player to a $200 million a year Ronaldo contract without talking to you. I'm good with that. But when I wanna make a waiver claim or a rule five pick or a trade, I'm not consulting you. I'm not giving you consulting rights. To say nothing of giving up the entire operation to you for buying 25% even if the valuation is way higher than it should be if he had bought 100%, what do I mean? If you are willing to put a billion dollars into a team and you get 100% of the team, the team's worth a billion dollars. If you put the billion dollars in, but you only get 50% of the team, the team is worth $2 billion. If you put a billion dollars in and get 20% of the team, guess what? The team is worth $5 billion. And it doesn't really matter whether the team is really worth $5 billion. It only matters if the limited partner thinks the team is worth $5 billion because he's willing to put a billion in for only 20%. But maybe there's more to it. Maybe in addition to getting shares of the team, you have some sort of advertising deal. You have some sort of promotional partnership. You have some sort of banking relationship. The way City Field named City Field, they did it for 20 million a year. And that's what you would think naming rights are worth until you realize that they had the banking relationship with the Wilpons. Therefore, they were getting all sorts of other money. There are myriad ways to value an asset that you are buying into. But under no scenario do you get control. So what do I think about the 25% buy? I don't want to lose my weight to see. I'm still saying the Glazers are going to sell the whole damn thing. All right, next. What is the absolute highest number of teams MLB can eventually expand to? Is it 40? Well, Judd Aptow, Paul Rudd, and Leslie Mann would say everything about 40 is good. I would say NCTP, also available on David Sampson, podcast.com. No chance toilet pants. Major League Baseball will not be at 40 teams while you, however old you are, are taking a breath on this earth, even if you live to be 120. 
The total number of teams in baseball right now are 30. They're going to 32. They are adding two expansion teams. It's been the plan to have a 16-team American League, a 16-team National League. There's some talk about eight divisions of four and eliminating the American and the National League, doing 16 teams in the playoffs, one versus 16, two versus 15, or 16 teams in the playoffs, two top teams get a bye, and then do three versus four, 16. Everything is on the table. Major League Baseball just canceled its games in Paris that were scheduled for 25 because they got no financial love over in Paris. I've told you how hard it is to make money over there if you are a sports league over here. I've told you that Roger Goodell doesn't care. He puts games in London because he wants a full division over in Europe. Major League Baseball would love a full division but that would be in Japan or Korea, somewhere in Asia. MLB will never have a division in Europe. So therefore, are there 40 markets in North America? No. And the reason why is not what you think. It's about this. I was just not giving you the finger. I was trying to point to my elbow, that's pretty funny. Do you know with 30 teams, we have a hard enough time finding people who can actually pitch, finding enough people who can actually hit? If we thought that we could get broadcast deals and ticket revenue by watching minor leaguers play, then we'd get rid of the major leagues and then the minor league teams would be worth a billion and a half or $2 billion. The reason why these teams are worth what they're worth is because of the revenue they get and they get the revenue because of the quality of play the amount of people willing to pay to watch the best in the world do what they do. And the difference between the best and the mediocre is big. I do not believe there are currently, as we sit here, rough math, 40 times 30 is 12 and two zeros, that's 1,200. But there's only 26, so 30 times four is 120. 1,200 minus uh, 120 is 1,200 minus 200, which is 1,000 plus 80, 1,080. That's just how I do the math. I wanted you to know. There are not 1,080 players. There just aren't. All right, what else, Coca? That's it? You're making me rap? I want to answer more questions. All right, we're going to wrap with thank you so much for joining us on a special Black Friday episode. Go to the website and shop davidsampsonpodcast.com. Enjoy your day. Work out if you can. And guess what? We'll be here Monday, 8 a.m. for a regular episode with a review of Better Call Saul with an update on all of our weekend, nothing personal picks of the day brought to you by blah. In the meantime, it's just business. Thank you again. This is Nothing Personal. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.